0: Hello and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jeremy Marriott, and this week on the show, we're so excited. I've got world-class sales trainer, Martin Eade, on the show. Now, Martin uh, has trained some of my staff, and I've been working with him for a year to improve our sales, and our sales have gone through the roof. Uh, Martin's been a salesman all his life and has now branched into sales training. So today, we're going to hear about Martin's story and how the industry's changed from when he first started to where it's at now. So I'm so excited for this. Uh, welcome to the show, Martin.
1: So how's everything going over west, buddy?
0: Oh, pretty good over here. Virus free, yeah. pretty much. Wow, you yeah. flash, aren't you? Look at you, have you got your remote and everything.
1: You bet your are cotton-picking socks. There we go, that'll work. You're looking good.
0: Oh, thanks, man, you too.
1: So what's that? Is that a a virtual screen you've got with the basketball up the back?
0: No, no, that's an actual basketball. That's Ah. my basketball, my beret from the army, my Star Wars stuff, because I love Star Wars. And one of the weapons from my Kung Fu school and one of those Mr. Things that all the smoke comes out of.
1: So what's your favorite scene in all of the Star Wars movies?
0: Oh, Oh, you'd have to go with uh, Luke, I'm Your Father, wouldn't you? Oh, really? Yeah, I'd say that'd be it. Or the cantina scene from the original, from A New Hope, you know.
1: Yours? Mine is, uh, oh, but, but I, I, I watch it all the time just for it. So, Obi-Wan. Now, that's a name I haven't heard for many years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that scene, it's seen. Just because it tingles every time I see it, I must have seen it fucking like hundreds of times.
0: You know, he hated doing the movie.
1: Yeah, I just saw. I was watching an interview with him the other day.
0: He had no faith in it whatsoever. And I think who? Uh, I think Solo um, Harrison Ford was the only one who kept his rights for all the merchandising. He took a pay cut. Yeah, he
1: was ahead of his time because yeah, he, 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 he they weren't going to do it, but he said, "No, I want like the merchandising rights." Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. All right, Martin, we'll just get into it. I'll welcome you to the show and then we'll have a chat. Okay, I'd like to welcome Martin to the show. How are you doing, buddy?
1: Excellent. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem at all. Um, just for all, all our listeners out there, if you could just give them a brief rundown of who you are and and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Martin and I'm a sales strategist. So I've been in selling for 36 years and have been in the competitive market of capital equipment for most of that time. And um, so I've been pitching, persuading, influencing, selling for that amount of time. Um, sold over $100 million worth of, uh, worth of equipment and wow. still to do to this day. But my real passion is um, um, inspiring and motivating. And so that's why I'm now in the, uh, the, um, the sales strategy space helping business owners improve lead conversions and improve their margins.
0: Oh, so you you, you, you're branching out into being a coach now.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not so keen on the word coach. Um, more of a, more of a strategist. It? The word coach has all those different connotations to it. So, um, sales strategist is, is uh, the name of the business is the sales strategist. And yep. that's what I'm, I'm, I'm helping with. Cause it's all about, um, basically, um, getting small business and business owners in the mindset that they can sell. Mm hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sales is my jam as well. I, I, I really like sales um, when I was working for a big automotive company in the, in the, in the service department. Um, so how did you decide to change from just being an actual salesman to now, now being a strategist?
1: It was a natural evolution actually because I've always been in sales and I've loved sales. And then uh, about uh, two years ago, uh, one of the businesses that I was in, I got into um, financial uh, strife, um, Mm. not through lack of sales, but uh, a lack of attention to the finances, um, spending spending more than we were bringing in, basically. And so that enabled me to really focus on what it was that I loved to do. Mm. And it was actually selling. And when I came to that realization, it was about, well, how do I marry the selling? Because as small business owners, you'd have a lot of small businesses listen to your podcast. I'm sure. As small business owners, you're in the organizational charts and you're going across a lot of roles. And so in the business that I was in, it had it, it, it expanded to the point where my passion, which was selling, I wasn't doing much anymore. I was doing all the stuff that perhaps I wasn't so good at, you know, the yep. finance, the, Everything else I went with it. Um, so as a matter of, so what do I do now with the experience that I have, uh, which links in my passion and my purpose? And so uh, you know, it, it only came to me relatively recently, exactly how to do it, probably six months ago. And um, now at um, you know fifty five, I'm now truly living my my mission and my purpose, and I love it every day.
0: Isn't it? Isn't it funny how there's an event which makes us realize our purpose. Like mine was a car accident. Yours is obviously your business having issues, but mm-hmm. I was talking to someone before who was, um, had a relationship breakdown. It seems like these major traumas, traumas, sorry. Um, help us find our purpose, you know,
1: I teach us so much. I mean, you, you learn nothing when things are going great. It's in challenge and it's in adversity where you actually learn about yourself, about what you're doing, about why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And I think when you go through a traumatic event, it gives you the ability to reset and go, you know what, that was shit. What was the learning? Mm -hmm. And what am I going to do now? Because life's too short. Mm -hmm. Um, so what am I going to do now that that inspires me that keeps me happy? Because if you can inspire yourself, you're certainly going to be able to inspire and bring value to others.
0: So in the last two years, you've you've obviously grown a lot then?
1: Oh, enormously. Absolutely enormously. Yeah, I was always, um, I've always been self-motivated. I've always been passionate about what I do. And Mm. did I like what I did? Absolutely. But I was never, uh, I could never actually see where that business was going. And I'd been in it for 23 years selling equipment, primarily into the rental industry uh, heavy equipment into the arbor industry construction and it was fun yeah Uh, it was fun but it was never the means to an end and I guess I couldn't join the dots until this happened and I worked out what am I doing and I got thinking well um, a friend of ours Kerwin Ray always says Um, you know, when you're traveling into the country on an airplane, not that we're doing a lot of that at the moment, but when you fill in your arrival forms, what do you put on it?
0: Oh, as your occupation. Ever
1: since I was, yeah, ever since I was 20, I've always put salesman. Um, Whether I've been a marketing manager or a business owner, I've always put salesman. Yeah. Because I'm proud of it. And it's what. And as soon as I said, that's what, and I know that's what I love to do. Mm. Um, And it was, it was all based around, that time and what do I do now? Um, and, and yeah, everything just finally clicked into place.
0: So I guess it's like the same thing. I was watching Gary V's video. He was had up recently, which Was was whatever you're good at, double down on that, all the other stuff, get somebody else to do that.
1: Totally. And, and that was me in a nutshell. Um, because I, the previous business, I was employing salespeople to do what I love to do oh, and it always bugged me. And I remember 30 years ago when I first came to Australia, um, had a boss at the time who was a mentor of mine, his name Bob Mather. And he w- was a great leader and he had a bunch of ego driven salespeople that he maintained pretty well. Mm. And we were all gunning for his job. And he said to me once, he said, I don't know why everyone wants my job. You guys are the ones out there selling, having the fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yep. exactly what you guys are out there selling, having the fun. And that's what the sales guy thinks. Yeah. But sales guys are a lot of us uh and we, we all have egos. We all like a challenge. We all like to excel. So yep. we're always looking for the next step. The next step is the boss's job. And when you get there you go, holy shit, this isn't much fun. Yeah. Exactly. And that was me in business. That was me in business, right? So <laughs> I grow in this business. Oh shit, it's not fun anymore.
0: <laughs> so where where are you originally from? In New Zealand or something?
1: I'm a, I'm a Kiwi. I'm a New Zoolander. Oh, I've been
0: over there. We're at North Island or South?
1: I was in the North Island, bro.
0: Oh, really? Oh, it was fun
1: too, eh?
0: <laughs> I spent some time at a place called Palmerston North. Do you know where that
1: is? I know where Palmerston North is, yes.
0: Oh, that's the bottom of the South. I'm very coldest I've ever been. That oh, really? <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, so so cold.
0: So were you already doing sales then before? Because obviously you would have been, what, 20-something when you came to Australia? was in the that? 20s,
1: yeah. So back then I was actually rowing competitively. So I was rowing for New Zealand. I was going to World Champs and Commonwealth Games and things like that. Wow. And um, at the time I was working for a stock and station company um, for six months a year. And then I was on rowing six months a year. Mm. But this company kept me um, employed because I obviously did a half reasonable job and then at one point i decided you know i'd like to uh, i'd like to sell something to golf courses so i had two company heads wanting me to work for them and i said to them whoever's first with a set of keys i'll work for you so the next day a guy comes in and he says here's the here's the keys to go for your life and it's it's funny because i was just writing about this on a on a blog yesterday but i remember driving into the tikawana golf club um, when i was i must have been 21 22 mm-hmm. And I drove up to the, uh, the Green keeper shed and the guy's name I still remember Richard Perry and I get out of the car, you know, this young whippersnapper and he said, G'day, what do you want? And I said, my name's Martin and I want to sell you something. He said, what do you want to sell me? And I said, i got no idea. <laughs> and that was the start and, and he was great because back then I'm that old Jeremy that back then they'd never seen a rep before. I was, I was, I was, I was a unicorn. Oh, really
0: then. a sales rep. Wow. I see about one every week now, if not two. And
1: so he took me that day. Uh, he said, come with me. And so he took me and showed me the golf course. And he said, so when you're making your next sales call, mm. when someone says, what do you want to sell me? This is what you want to sell them. Yeah. It was cool. Oh, that's good. And then, um, And so that was in the Waikato region of New Zealand. And long story short, uh, I started attending um, association meetings. 12 months later, I had 100% of the business. I had it all. Wow. And it really got boring. That that really got boring because then I was just an order taker. I'd built it. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I've been selling for a long time.
0: Wow. That's such a good story. So you've been, yeah, the same job for so long, pretty much. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people... uh, I guess they bounce around from all different kinds of jobs, but obviously you found your, your purpose, purpose quite early on.
1: Always been selling. So yeah, so I was selling there and then I applied for a job in Australia to sell grass seed actually to the golf and turf industry. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, got that and the boss at the time I was, that was after the world champs in 88. So I went straight from the world growing champs to Sydney and sat down for my pep talk, and the boss read me perfectly because I arrived in a new country. I sat down, and he said, um, "So, Marty." I said, "Yep." He said, "So, you know what you got to do?" I said, "Yep." He said, "Here's a set of keys to your car." I said, "Great." He said, "Here's a map of Australia." I said, "Awesome." And I'm sitting there waiting, waiting for the pep talk, and he said, "What are you doing?" I said, "What else?" He said, "You're developing it. Fuck off."
0: Yeah, you've gone what he said. already.
1: He said, he said, you got three years. And so, um, so yeah, I remember ringing him up six months later and saying, I've just made my first sale. He said, what is it? I said, a kilo of, uh, it was a product called Egmont was for greens. It was a kilo mm-hmm. of this thing for the Q golf club in Melbourne mm-hmm. he said, how much was that worth? I said, 16 bucks. This is after six months. <laughs> 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 You can almost hear the exclamation. The long story short, three years later, we were doing $3 million with a 30% GP. So he was happy after that. Oh,
0: amazing. But you would have seen the selling process change in, in, in that time, in those 30 years.
1: Oh, so much. And I think that's what, um, because back then mm. it was caveat emptor, you know, buyer beware. And that was the big thing. It was about ABC, always be closing. It was about sign on the dotted line. Mm -hmm. And back then, the salespeople, we were the curators and the purveyors of information. So if you wanted to buy something, you had to go to the salesman to get the information. And that put us in a position of so-called power Mm -hmm. where we could give out as much as we needed and we could bully people. And if you imagine that um, you're buying a car, for example, back then, yeah, look, I could um, let you have a if you want a red Toyota, yeah, I could, I could let you have one um, in two weeks' time. There's one coming through on the lot. These days, the whole sales technique is completely flipped. So now the seller has to be aware because now the the client has access to all the information. They don't need a salesman now to write at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually the customer is about 70% through the buying process before they actually ever contact a salesperson. And usually that is for a a, a price check, usually, or a little bit of certainty that they can maybe use to move forward. Mm. And so the industry has changed now to be a very price-driven market, which is sending everyone broke. Um, And no one knows how to combat it because in the new world of selling, um, you know, features, benefits, uh, rapport, features, benefits, trial, close, um, overcome objections. That's what everyone's used to. So the seller sees you coming, they know how to shut yeah. you down it's and no then way. it becomes just a discussion around price. Hmm. So right at the moment, I'm actually on a, um, a global mission because the hiring rental industry is one that's very close to me. Um, the higher rental industry is a multi-billion dollar industry around the world. Yeah. Yet they, they're supplicant to their clients. They discount, they discount, they're racing to the bottom on price against each other. They're actually cannibalizing each other uh, in their desire to get market share and a race to the bottom can only ever end actually at the bottom.
0: Yeah. Then the business is sold out.
1: There's going to be a lot of people going broke. And I'm saying to them, "Hey, look! If you realise you have power in Australia, for example, if Coates hire, for example, if Coates made a decision just not to hire anything out for a month, just keep all their machines in their in their warehouse, yep. the construction industry would stop. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's an economic crisis with COVID at the moment. Imagine what would happen if the construction industry closed down because a rental company decided to keep all their machines indoors." Mm. They've got the power to do something about it. Yeah, they do. They just don't realize
0: it. Yeah. I mean, that's like when we sell cars, we went from the same way we were selling cars like that, which I got taught um, to now it's a privilege to buy a car from me. If Mm. you want to work with me, you have to fit my criteria because I'm not going to work with dickheads pretty much. That's right. You know, and it's the same old story. I see colleagues of mine that bend over backwards for, for the dollar and they've got a bad feeling in their gut that they shouldn't be working with this customer, but they value the money above all. And then obviously it comes back to bite them later on, you know? Well,
1: it's the whole thing about neediness because if you are actually literally needing the client's business, it comes across as needy. It's like a shark smelling blood in the water. Yeah. And so if, if you need the client's business, it's going to end two ways they're either going to screw you until you're dead on price and take all the margin out of it, or you're going to get very unfavorable terms. One of the two. Yeah. Um, and we've all been, I've been in this situation many times over the years when you do that deal mm. where you do discount and you do supplicate to the client. And that's the client that ends up costing you because they're the yep. pain in the ass. They're yep, the one I've that expects exactly far too much. Yeah,
0: exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. And it only comes with experience, but that, that kind of also philosophy you can use, in life as well, you know, um, especially relationships is, is a perfect example. You know, mm-hmm. if you're, um, supplicating your needs for your partners, then it's going to end up not being a very healthy relationship.
1: You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it happens. And that's all about authenticity, isn't it? Mm. And the courage to be authentic, authentic, to be your yeah. authentic self and the fear of judgment that a lot of people have around that. Mm. And it's, um, it's, uh, you know, a lot of it's the same in sales. You know, sales is a tough gig. It's a gig where you you get no a lot. Um, you get pushed out of the canvas a lot, and it's just about how many times you, you, you keep getting up and keep getting up. But if you pitch to the client in such a way where you control the narrative, where you don't come across as needy, where, and you said it just before, where you are choosy. So we choose the clients we work with. We don't need you. Mm -hmm. But if you're a good fit for our business, we will choose you. And that can be based on values. It can be based on time. It based on if the product's a good fit or not. It can be based on economics. Uh, There's a whole range of selection criteria that you go to when you're onboarding a client. Um, And if you fit all these criteria, yes, we will do do you the favor of working with us.
0: Yeah. People are shocked. Like I had a customer coming to buying a car and I was talking to him and I got all these requirements. And I said, so why should I decide to work with you? And he said, "What? Well, don't you like money? And I was like, well, look, I'm sorry. I don't think we're going to be a good fit. So I'll give you the number of someone else who might be able to find a car for you. And he was shocked. Mm-hmm. Like the look on his face was like, well, I've got money. You should be my dancing little monkey, you know?
1: And, and it's those times when you walk away that either have the client coming towards you because human psychology is they, they chase that with which walks away Mm -hmm. and human psychology, is you want what that which you can't, which you can't have. Yeah. And in sales, it's all about, um, cat string theory. You know, when you have a a piece of string in front of a cat and you throw the string and just leave it on the ground, the cat loses interest after all. If you keep pulling it, the cat chases the string and sales is the same. You just keep pulling away, keep pulling away, keep pulling away. And eventually, if you have the pitch right, the client will close to you.
0: Yeah, that's right. But it's also like like I see some of your Facebook videos there. You're talking about sales heart and um, and will is better. Than, is it um, will is better than technique? I think. And like when someone comes into my workshop, and they it's not just about selling. If their tires are bald, and I don't do my very best job at selling them what they need to be safe then I've failed because that could possibly rem- mean that they're in a car accident and someone get seriously hurt, you know? Um,
1: yeah. And so that comes down also to, so let's, let's look at that cause this is a really good example of because selling, especially today, always, but especially today with COVID. So people want uh, certainty in selling and they, mm-hmm. they want to be certain that they're doing the right thing. Now, one thing that's certain about, Certainty is uncertainty. <laughs> it's kind of a, a double-edged sword. But so when someone's coming into your shop, the one thing that you can do, because I have a, a, um, uh, the five pillars, which I call heart-based selling, yep. um, honesty, empathy, assuredness, results, and trust. So if you're honest, if you tell the truth with somebody, the truth cannot come across as salesy or needy or manipulative. The truth will only ever be the truth. That's right. But what the truth will do, it will give you status. So if you, Jeremy, go out to that guy and you say, hey, look, mate, you're absolutely crazy to be driving that vehicle at the moment um, because your tires are bald. There's no bloody way I'd put my family in that. Mm. You've told them the truth. Now, what a lot of salespeople would do, they wouldn't put it like that. I know you well enough to know that you would. But a lot of people would just go, oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and by the way, maybe you could use some tires. Yeah. Whereas you've just gone, Hey, look, I'm going to tell you the truth. So that's given you status right off the bat. Oh Mm -hmm. shit. This guy has, yes, you're right. And so you've actually established status and you're starting to create certainty right off the bat just by being honest and telling the truth. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I find that. Yeah. When we were working for a big company in corporate, there was a lot of fakeness to the, to the sales process, we were told, you know, we were given scripts, you know, where, and, and said to say stuff in certain ways, which I would never say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think from working with Kerwin and I know you, some sales training from you that I felt better like myself at the end of the day, when I'm selling stuff that people need. Um, whereas before in corporate, I was just told you would need to hit these sales numbers. You need to sell whatever you can to get this. And I feel a lot better um, for myself personally when I'm selling now. And I'm sure you have as well. I mean, as you've seen the, the change.
1: It's because of yourself. So I've always been myself in selling. And that's the secret is to be authentic. So I'm naturally a bit of a smart ass. I swear. Not at all. and I And I am what you get. And I noticed that during the 2008 GFC, when things were really tough, the business that I had, we went from selling... 10 machines a month down to one in three months. So I thought, holy shit, things are serious. Yeah. So what I did was I thought, you know what? Me being me, I bet you I offend people the way I come across. So I turned it off. And uh... for the first time in my life, when I was doing a sale, I started to become nervous. I'd get dry in the mouth. I'd be going, fuck, dude, what's up? And then guess what? I didn't make a sale. I couldn't yeah. sell then because when you're coming across as inauthentic, people know there's something wrong. They can sense it. People aren't stupid. Yep. And so they go, you know, there's something wrong with this. It's feeling a bit needy. It's feeling a bit whatever it is. And so as soon as I've worked it out, I oh, thought, you know what? This is not working. As soon as I went back to my normal smart-ass self, sales started to come in again. Yeah. And it was a real lesson to me, authenticity. And that's something, if I, when I look back, now with all the sales facilitation that I'm doing. That's who I've been. Um, I remember um, back in the oh, early 2000s, um, uh, I was at the Royal Sydney Golf Club, actually. I was selling equipment back then. And I was talking to John, the superintendent at the time, who wanted a mower. And I had a mower. I was selling mowers. And it wasn't a huge sale, but it was back there eight to $10,000. I thought, I'd love to sell him this. So he took me for a go around the course. And Royal Sydney golf course is very swaley. It's very hilly, very swaly. And we got out the back and said, right, so um, do you want to, when can you deliver your machine? And I was sick to the pit of the stomach because these words came out of my mouth. I said to him, hey, John, ours is not the right product for you. There's actually a better product on the market. And... This is the name of the company that sells it. I'd love to sell you this, but I really don't think it's gonna do the job. He looks at me, he says, are you serious? I said, I am. You're a Royal city golf club. He said, yeah. So if I sell you something and you find out eventually it's not gonna work or it's not gonna work as well as you think, who's it gonna come back and buy Yeah, me? exactly. Said, okay. Exactly. Um, now the end of that story is that 12 months later he rang me up on the phone, he says, "Oh." Do you sell real embed knife grinders? So these are the things that people use to sharpen the um, the greens mowers that cut the greens, right? Oh yep, yep. I said, yeah, actually I do. He said, what's it like? I said, it's the best one in the world. He says, great, I'll take one. I said, okay, awesome. Do you, do you want to know how much it is? He says, oh yeah, it's probably a good idea. How much? I said, sixty five grand. He said, yeah, that's okay. So moral of the story is. You know, if you, the, the whole thing about honesty is having the courage to walk away because if you walk away on that occasion, it doesn't mean that you're not going to walk straight towards the client on the next occasion.
0: Yeah. I've had that on multiple occasions when someone comes in and they ask for, I had a girl come in for a battery and I was like, Mm -hmm. well, I can get one in, but it's going to take longer and it's going to cost more. Whereas if I'll give you the address of the guy, you go there and put it and it's going to Save your, save your money. She went, yeah, no, she did that. uh, I think she rang the next week to book in for like over $2,000 worth of work, you know, Mm -hmm. because I'd saved her two hours and about $90 on a battery.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Treat people how you want your grandmother to be treated. Treat people with honesty and integrity and it will come back in space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I know you've been, you do a lot of reading on, on sales books. Is there any good ones that you've been reading lately? I can see flip the script in the background there.
1: Yeah, flip the script is there. So I'm a, um, quite an Ironclad fan. Um, um, so flip the script is a, is a really good one that talks about status and certainty. Um, uh, yeah, pitch anything is a staple of mine that, um, I've, uh, I've loved reading. Um, there's very few actual sales books that are specifically sales. A lot of them are marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one thing I think that, um, in, Sales sales, and marketing usually bracketed like it's sales and marketing. Um, it's what people talk about. Yeah. And when I'm talking with small business owners, uh, when they talk about, um, oh, we've got a problem, what's just a bigger sales problem? Or oh, we've got a problem with lead generation. Okay, well, that's more of a marketing issue than a sales issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, old school selling, back before the internet, before all this sort of stuff, I've done my fair share of lead generating, you know. Jumping in a car and knocking on doors—it's um, not exactly the most effective use of someone's time. No, but it can still be done. But lead generation these days is usually done, as you know, with social media, with funnels and websites and
0: all the stuff, all that that's, sort of there's, stuff. that's not your speciality.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, isn't it funny? Like when there is a, a, a like an economic well issue that marketing, the marketing departments are usually what the first ones to get cut and, mm-hmm. the sales part, and, then, and then there's a lot of stress on the sales team. And you're like, well, the sales team can't sell anything if they're not getting any leads coming in. You know,
1: it's a, it's a double edged sword because at the moment you, it, 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 generating leads is easy. Yeah, I don't think there's a, because everyone knows that how to generate leads, you know, mm-hmm. get your social media, right? Get your website, right. Emails, uh, interacting, generating leads. And businesses and businesses that we know you and I Mm. would spend gosh, five to $10,000 a month, let's say on lead generation, um, actually generating leads, but very few, if any companies spend anything on lead conversion, Mm. actually learning how to sell. So there's clients with bucket loads of leads, and their, their lead conversion ratio is really low. Why? Because they don't know how to sell. Yeah. Because they're
0: using outdated techniques like mirroring. Or it, they're
1: using it, outdated uh, techniques.
0: Kind of. Like and especially
1: now in stuff. COVID, we, 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 we've seen it. Um, you know, the croc brain, fight or flight. Mm. Uh, the croc brain has four basic functions. Do I fight it? Do I run from it? Do I sleep with it or do I eat it? That's what yeah. the croc brain does. And at the moment with COVID, everyone's in fight or flight. That's why we saw the run on toilet paper and all that sort of stuff. Fight, flight, herd mentality. And so today more than ever, people are looking for certainty, Certainty.
0: right? Yeah. 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 It's the same, you know, and I still, it's quite embarrassing actually sometimes being a salesman and then you actually going to approach other salesmen. Like I recently, I went with a friend to a used car yard to find Mm -hmm. the vehicle and, I nearly cringed when I saw, when the salesman came up to us, you know, the same old rhetoric that, 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 car salesmen have a really bad name for. And I had to cut him off after about 10 minutes. He was in I was like, look, mate, I've been, I've, I've got to, I sell cars as well. All right. It's all good. We'll just find what we want. We'll get back to you. He's like, Oh yeah, no worries. Then he relaxed all the bullshit dropped away. And he was actually a really nice guy, but he just had that, that very, very stereotypical car salesman, you know? And it would have been much better. He he was so good after he dropped all the bullshit, that, and that we would have bought a car through him anyway, you know. That's right. And it's just education, I think, of sales, and that's why you know there's 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 people like you coming through that are, that are teaching you know heartfelt sales.
1: And it's 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 it, it, selling is not rocket science, uh, but it got a dirty name as we mentioned, you know, twenty or thirty years ago, mm. and most everybody has a sales story that they can tell you a negative one with negative connotations, which is what they hang on to. And then you get people that go into sales and they get knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. I was having a chat with someone earlier that the sales profession would be the largest profession in the world. If you pull all salesmen together, there wouldn't be an industry any bigger than, but there is not a single, um, qualification, recognized qualification in sales. You can't get a diploma in sales. That's true. You can't get a doctorship in sales. So sales profession has been left pretty much to their own. So people come and they have good teachers or bad teachers. They fall away. They hate it because they haven't got been told what to do. They go off, they do something else. Eventually they start their own business <laughs> and guess fucking what you have to do when you own a business, you got to sell. And most people don't start a business that way. Um, you know, you started a mechanical uh, repair shop. Um, there's hairdressers, plumbers, painters, um, people that sell day spars, they s- establish a business because of a passion. Yeah. And Oh, what do you mean? I've got to sell. Oh my God. They prefer to clean the toilet than sell. Yeah. <laughs> Anything yep. but that
0: everyone has to sell and every one also now has to be a media company as well. You know, <laughs>
1: As I can see by that wonderful golden microphone in front of your face there, my friend. <laughs> yeah.
0: I try and use it to hide my face sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a voice for radio, but not, not for video. <laughs> well, it has been so good talking to you. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, um, where can they, where can they get to grab, grab you?
1: Uh, yes. Yeah, so just um, the sales au. just visit the website and everything's available through there. Or I've got a Facebook page at the sales strategist and I'm on uh, well, let's list them off uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube.
0: Yeah, but you're, That's you're, it. If, if people send you a DM with a general sales question, you'll, be, you'll get back to them, will you?
1: Absolutely. Only okay. for your listeners, okay. and, um, Jeremy? No worries.
0: Well, thanks again, Martin, for your time. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
1: Awesome, brother. Thanks, mate. See you, buddy. Ciao.